not because I want to be famous or I want to be rich, but because I want as many people to be able to hear this message and be able to hear what I went through and think, wow, that's what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Look at that guy, you know? I like to think that I've achieved that on some on some small level. Yeah. So I feel I feel good coming back home and doing a show here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Soul Serum Podcast. I am your, when the sky falls down, I'll be here waiting for you, host, Clay Bonine. I am joined by my, inside my morbid mind, co-host, oh, no. Tanner Mavis. Yes, sir. Man. Y'all know we had to do it to him. You know we had to do it to him. Let's not waste any time. Let me do my intro so we can get right into it, because today on the show, we have what so many Soul Serum fans have been waiting for. Uh, Our guest is a man with a guitar, and when he's not in front of a microphone, you can catch him cooking up some delectable meals, spreading positivity and solidarity, or somewhere at a public park playing music. He is somebody who is integral in... in, Oh, fuck, I fucked up the word. He's somebody who's integral in... Integral. He's somebody who's important to Soul Serum's early success, and now we finally get to sit down and talk about it with him. Today on the show, we have Jack Kays. Can we get a a clap from the studio audience in the back? (laughs) Jack, thank you for being here, dude. Dude, no, thank you for having me, for real. I'm so happy that we could finally do this 83 episodes in. You have no idea. And let's, you know what, man? Let's, hey. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Let's get to the meat. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. I love meat and potatoes. You do. You be cooking, cooking up hella. I'm cooking up meat bro, and potatoes. The potatoes with the mayo. Oh shit! I tried Come that. Now. Yeah. Fire. Crispy. Yeah. Flavorful. <laughs> um, I have cooking questions for the back end. For the back end of the podcast. So okay. Let's, let's not let's not step on my questions here, Amen. fellas. Please. Let's. You know what? I I want to work backwards in this interview. I want to start with. I feel like interviews usually. You know, it's like, what's your origin story? Where are you from? Mm-hmm. But we kind of already know that. So I want to just go ahead and start and talk about the newest EP that you have, Cessation. Yes. Five track raw emotional EP. Um. This to me, I mean, in my in my personal opinion, I feel like it's it's like an evolution in your artistry. Like you've really started to hone in on your songwriting and your performances. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you haven't before, but I feel like you're like extremely <laughs> focused on on cessation. Is that is that accurate to say? One hundred percent. Yeah. I wanted it to showcase my songwriting and my guitar playing abilities. That mm-hmm. is like that was one of my biggest intentions with it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, uh, I think you definitely achieved that. In I'm sorry. Oh yeah, wait, no, you're fine, man. <coughs> we'll cut that. We'll cut that. It's all good. I edit it. You know, we coming cut back it. from. The, oh my god. <laughs> do you need a water? What do you? Yeah. You gotta. We uh. We, <laughs> hey, can we get the guy some water, please? We're like ten minutes Where's in. My, <laughs> Where's my PA? There you go. Thanks, Thank dude. you, Fiki. <laughs> This man has been on a nationwide tour, man. I know, yeah, yeah. This is just the trials and tribulations. Y'all seen any videos? This this man is just screaming. Holy shit! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What just happened? We like start the podcast. My voice is just like, oof. I don't know, man. Are you nervous? You nervous right now? So nervous right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But to stay with cessation here. one thing that really stood out to me on the project was the atmosphere of it. Because listening to your other projects, lead, like re-listening to them leading up to the podcast, like they felt more to me like collections of songs where like yeah. this this one, a collection of different songs, whereas this one is like a very thorough through line of songs. Like For sure. You have the fire crackling in the background, yep. the wind. Uh, like run me through the thought process on including like those elements to to make the atmosphere. Well, the first thing was like coming out, coming off of mixed emotions and my favorite nightmares. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something that felt completely different, but I also wanted to do something that felt like really cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had fifty songs to choose from. Damn. And so I wrote them all on a whiteboard, and um, I sat down with my girlfriend Chala, and I was like. I got to make a project out of this. And we marked all, we marked five songs that were like, these like make so much sense together. Yeah. And um, 
And then I already had recorded versions of all them, but we went to the desert and like recorded new versions for each one of them ah, in the same atmosphere to make it feel like okay. one. Okay. Well, that's, I was like, when you were telling me <clears throat> when you had 50 songs and you picked these five, I was like, well, damn, that's kind of like, well, they were just, they we all did. already like felt like this, but then to go to we the marked, desert and we marked them, them like, um, I color coded them like, oh, this is a pop punk song. Yeah. This is a rap song. This is a piano ballad and this is an acoustic song. Those were like the four color codings. Interesting. And there was like 10 acoustic songs, but there was only five that like really felt like, um, like they went together. Mm -hmm. So when you yeah. said the desert, you're out at Joshua, Joshua Tree, right? Joshua Tree. How was the, that experience? It's the coolest two weeks of my life. That's awesome. Out there with Chica and Sam, my manager, and Chala, who did all the visuals for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put my phone in my suitcase for the whole time, and I just like, I just went to work, dude. That's so sick. That's awesome. Recording all day. Yeah. I cooked all the meals. Of course. We went on, we climbed a mountain. Did you all stay yeah. like in an Airbnb or something out there? Yeah, like, we what, got what, like, what was like the house situation of the We got an Airbnb situation? that was like sitting in the middle of nothing. I've seen it on Airbnb before. I've, I've really, looked, I've actually looked at it. Yeah, yeah, dude, I saw it and I'm thinking that's the one right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it was gorgeous and big windows. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I was really particular about was I didn't want anything on the walls. So it was completely white interior mm. with cement floors, like very bare. Yeah. Um, I didn't want anything that would stop me from like having, I wanted no exterior influence whatsoever. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That was like very important. Yeah. And I think I achieved that like, you know, I've made a lot of music at this point, mm -hmm. and this EP cessation like feels the most like me out of anything that I've ever made. Do you think it's important to like, as an artist, um, to like submerge yourself and plan like, I guess songwriting sessions or whatever, like creative ideas for like your next project in environments like a Joshua Tree or wherever you would like to, you know experiment with new sounds and whatnot because i feel like a lot of artists kind of are in the same routine they go to the same studio with the same at least local independent artists that's yeah mostly our audience right that right you, now, know, you know i think there's a time and a place for everything yeah um with my favorite nightmares like i was in the same studio for all of it and like you know that was incredible and i think we made awesome art um i think like oh man that's a great question I actually, you know, I will say, I do think it's important to like, to be intentional about where you're recording and who you're recording with. When I wanted to make a pump, a pop punk song, I knew I had to do it with Travis. And when I wanted to make an acoustic song, I knew I had to do it in the most bare bones way possible. I think it's definitely very important to be intentional about how you're going to record and how you're going to write. Yeah. That's like the best answer. It really reflects in your music too. Thank you. Super, super intentional. Like you're thinking about how it or everything that you're putting in i really it, you know? do and like from the from the way the album cover is mm -hmm. from the way the videos are like i even told i told my label before we did the before we did the ep i don't want to do any produced music videos it's going to be live performance videos and if we do a music video it's going to be vhs footage of when we were recording yeah the songs everything. and that's like you know it all adds up to like a project um and you can tell when somebody just kind of throws something together. You can tell when somebody puts some intention behind it. And yeah. I never want people to see something that I do and think, oh, he just. Those you are the throwaways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those yeah. are the throwaways. Like, yeah. that's, I don't want that. That's, that's a really, I mean, yeah, like Tanner said, it definitely reflects in your music. And it's, uh, it's like, I, I think that gets lost a little bit in like the modern music making era because like, right now with everything sitting in front of us like we could make an yeah, album we could record like right we now. could record yeah we are, we are recording right now as a matter of fact everything you know? is like, a product yeah you know? yeah and i mean like that's great for capitalism but like for art it's not that great you mm -hmm. know yeah um and i would much rather i've gotten a lot of questions like would you like why don't you put on an album and like more of a long project and i'm like because mm -hmm. i haven't made 12 songs that feel like an album yet I've made four songs that feel like an album. I've yeah. made five songs. I'm not even like the only reason that I call it an EP is because that's what streaming platforms want to call it. Yeah. It's like the technical term. That's like the technical term it. so that yeah. it can fit into a record label, mm -hmm. into a deal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But in reality, like it's just a project. 
It's something that I worked on. Yeah. That's why the album cover says Cessation, a collection of songs by Jack Case. Right, right. Because that's really how I saw it. I was like, this is a collection of songs. Mm. If I could have it labeled on Spotify as a collection of songs, I would, <laughs> you know, new, new yeah, collections really of songs, about, like what you put on covers and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. People don't take album covers seriously enough. No. Sometimes they just take a picture and slap it on there. But no. like, I think an album cover is so important and it's a way for you to extend meaning yeah. and for you to yeah. paint a picture that otherwise wouldn't be painted. So I always take a lot of care into like what is going to be the photo behind my album. Mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a good time to segue into another question here. And I think it would be uh, inappropriate to go this interview without mentioning Chala, who is your partner of many years, but also plays a big part in how Jack K's, in quotation marks, Jack K's is uh, presented and branded. 100%. So talk to me about like the importance of having someone like her in your corner to somebody that you trust especially with your visuals yeah. with your merch so chala's been my best friend since high school right and my partner for chala. many years shout out chala she's the best yeah. shout out chala um and there is nobody that understands me and that knows me the way that chala knows me and so when it comes to helping me paint a picture with visuals i'm more of the audio guy mm -hmm. chala is the one that will know how to do it the most accurately you know yeah. She knows my best angles, like from stuff like as simple as that. Yeah. She knows the best way to take a picture of me because she looks at me all day and she knows like this angle looks good. Like lift your head up. You know what I'm so, saying? Sometimes she's like, mm. she's like, that yeah, angle, she's you like, that's ugly. not you like you don't look angle. good in that picture. You know what I mean? But then also she's there in the studio with me. She's I'm at home talking to her about music. She is there with me most of the time when I write a song. Mm -hmm. So she knows every meaning she knows every which way that it could go and she knows exactly how to help me like bring a deeper meaning to this yeah. and i think the cessation album cover is a perfect example of that for sure i like that one and i liked uh i think it's it was on her uh instagram like the picture of the what is it a pomegranate is that what you're yeah. like the pomegranate on the ground with the knife yeah. i was like, I was like and that oh, was actually on the ground sick. below me during the during the shoot yeah because we sat there that pomegranate we ordered like a box of eight of them and we sat there for an hour and I, I got into this mindset that this pomegranate was the only thing that I've had to eat for months and that it's the only thing that I'm going to have to eat. Yeah. And so like, I think Sam was there and I saw his face at one point and there was fear in that man's eyes because <laughs> of the way I really enveloped like the character. I was like, this yeah. is me right now. And I ate that thing like an animal. What what is what is your intention behind that? Like artistically, like does the pomegranate hold a special meaning? The pomegranate to you? holds a very special meaning. Okay, I didn't want to like overstep and seem like I'm like going like English no, it's teacher, very, but like it's extremely metaphorical. Okay, oh fuck it, lay it on me, man. If is, I may ask, it is some top tier English class shit. Yeah, let me tell you, you're gonna you're gonna get me fucking juiced. Okay, here. so cessation is an album that track one to track five, it's chronicling my life, right? Mm -hmm. Track one is age 17, maybe 15, 16, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The last track is me looking into the future and there's all the time in between that is chronological, right? Mm -hmm. And I have this theory that in, in life, in order for something to be, in order for something to live, something else has to stop being and something else has to die. You know what I mean? Yep. If you wanna become a new person, you have to kill the person that you were before. Yeah. You want new habits, you have to fuck you have to break the old habits. It's as simple as that, right? Yeah. In some cultures, the pomegranate represents life, but in other cultures, the pomegranate represents death. Depends mm. what culture you're researching. Mm -hmm. So me devouring the pomegranate is me completely accepting, not only accepting, it's me embracing the idea of life and death. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the that's meaning. That's fucking insane. Dude, that was a that was if I was your English teacher, dude, you're getting an A plus on on Thank that you. on that essay question. Right and you know, Chala and I sat in my studio, and we we took these five songs and we we went into the meaning of all them and we figured yeah. out how do they connect, mm -hmm. where do, what's the order of them, how do they connect in this order, yeah. Um, and then we thought, okay, 
What are the main themes in here? And what can we find to represent that? And I think, oh, it's, it's fruit would be cool. And we look up, okay, what's the fruit of life? Pomegranate. What's the fruit of death? Pomegranate. And I'm like, I believe that like creativity comes from the universe. I believe that like Mm -hmm. um, everything that is and was all exists in this one place. I call it the vault, right? Yeah. And like when I found that and I was like the pomegranate represents both these things, I thought that is God. Dang. You had a real spiritual. Extremely. Extremely spiritual Wow. So that, that even plays into the album itself. It's not even. And that's another reason that I went to the desert because I'm thinking, okay, how can I get in touch with this place, this place where I think everything is, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, what did, what did all of our religious figures do when they wanted to go talk to God? They went to the desert. Yeah. Yeah. So how can I make the best, the truest version of these songs? I can go there and I can just hear myself and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. And even to that point, the desert is a place that where a lot of things go and die or a lot of things don't survive. Exactly. But also, but also a lot somehow, of things. Life thrives in the it desert. Exists. A very and that's something unique that was beautiful type of life. to me. You know, we're in this place and it's barren. Yeah. And it's so hot we can't go outside most of the day. But like one day a coyote walked past our window and there's birds on the ground uh-huh. and there's plants growing. And I'm like, yo how the fuck are y'all out here? Everything <laughs> just comes together perfectly here. Yeah. You know, that's, that's awesome. That's crazy. That, that is, I, see, that is good intention in art right there. Like, Thank you. like you, you went into this project, into this situation with intention. And I feel like the universe helped you helped pay it off. It you guided know? me. Yeah. You know, I think the universe had intention for this project and I helped mm. pay it off. I think it's the other mm-hmm. way around. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it's a little handshake between you and the universe. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes when you write music, you get little glimpses of this place where it feels like the song is just happening, right? Yeah. And like sometimes I'm writing a song and it happens for like a, a verse or for a hook, and then for the rest of the song I fill it in, right? And the reason that these five songs really felt like they went together is because I thought. Every single one of these songs, top to bottom, I didn't have to think about when I was writing. Mm-hmm. I just, well, I like sat down with my guitar one day and I opened my eyes and the song was here and I and it was written on paper. I think that when musicians say like things like that, like where they have that that slip of time where that intangible yes. thing happens and the song just creates itself, like, too. it's what that it, shit. And I chase that high. Yeah, you know, that's like that's that shit right there. Yeah, yeah. It's like sure. d- divine intervention. Yeah. Literally, dude. It's really divine. I love it. I wanna I wanna ask one more question about the project before we start to uh to to take it back in time in the interview here. But um is it hard for you to write songs that are so vulnerable? And like what I mean by that is like I think a lot of people have a hard time being vulnerable, even in just like everyday interactions with yeah. people. And you're making songs on this project where we get some real genuine emotion. And sometimes it's like the emotion isn't pretty and it's hard to deal with, you know, like, do you ever have second thoughts about like spilling your, you know, insides? That kind of goes back to what I was just saying. Um, You know, you would think it would be hard um, to like write about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't think about it, man. Like for 28, for example, like Mm -hmm. that was, that's, um, I think one of my saddest songs and one of my most soul bearing songs where I I talk about some really tough shit on there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember when I sat down and my fingers start playing the guitar part and I go, and then I literally got my notebook out and I blacked out and I came back and the clock was an hour different and like, the song was just there. Wow. And it's really like stuff like that. I'm fully convinced it's coming from somewhere else. You know, the yeah. first I, you, I was raised an atheist, but after having experiences like writing songs like 28, I fully believe in something larger than myself. Mm-hmm. And I truly think that there is this place. There's actually theories about it called the Akashic vaults. Some people call it the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, like 
people say Albert Einstein was connected to it. John Lennon was connected to it. Yeah. Nikola Tesla was collected to it. It's this place where these ideas, these things, creative ideas, scientific ideas, they already exist, you know? Like time is just an illusion for us, but all these things it's are already here. Floating. Yeah. And if you can get yourself, exactly. If you can get yourself in the right headspace and grab onto those things yeah. for a moment, you know, you yeah. can have something that can like, not only like express yourself, but like express something for other people, yeah. you know? Um, and like after I wrote 28, I sang it for Chala and she was like, you shouldn't put that out. She was like, that's too fucked up too far yeah she was like i think that might be pushing it a little bit too far but i think it's the best song on the ep it's the realest song and it's heartbreaking and it's soul crushing but like who the fuck am i can i cuss on here yeah, dude. yeah who the yeah. fuck am i to be the guy that's gonna stop that song from going out into the world mm -hmm. when like truly i don't think it's my song you know mm -hmm. It was already there. Yeah. I'm just like, I just happen to be the medium for it. But like, who am I to stop it? It hits deep for me because I'm 27, bro. Like, yeah, I'm facing 28 years old and I've had a lot of similar feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, ha I hadn't even heard the song out and I heard the snippet when you were playing it live. I was like, holy, f like it, it was like a dagger to like my chest. But like. Yeah, dude, when it, I play it, like, a, I feel but like, like in a good way. when I play it, you know, like, I'm like, I'm thinking all these thoughts and I'm playing it, like, it's yeah. hard to sing the words, you know, mm -hmm. I play the guitar part and I immediately have a lump in my throat. Um, and I don't even remember writing it, you know? Yeah. Like, that shit's crazy. crazy. Does it feel necessary, though? Like, do you, like, it, to me, it sounds like you almost have some sort of, like, necessity to, like, explore that and, and put that song out. Right? Yeah. And perform it. No, it definitely feels necessary. And like, that's what I'm talking about when I say like, I believe I'm a medium Yeah, for like the music that I write. I really, it's, it sounds crazy. And I told my label this, they were like, they were like, whoa, literally they <laughs> whoa, were like, dude, okay. I was like, <laughs> but like on, on some real shit, like it feels like I found a penny on the street when I write a song, it's just already there. You know, like yeah. I didn't make that money. Like I just found it. And, um, when I, when I write it, I immediately feel like my next job, like my next purpose with that song is to go and show it to as many people as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How is that play? That kind of relates to, uh, like playing in the park or playing it. Uh, what was it? Venice beach or, or yeah, Santa dude, Monica? 100%. Like, and letting people walk past yeah. and hear whatever they need to hear. Yeah. And people came up to me after that show and they were like, I have no idea who you are, but like, that song you just sang like struck a chord with me, you know? That's so crazy. And like That's that shit best. just makes me believe it even more. That's you know, the I'm best like, feeling. fuck, like, thank God I came out here today. Yeah. Something put me out here today. Yeah. Shit's crazy, man. Speaking of let's 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 take it back a little bit. Let's let's speak about the universe uh, uh coming together for collaborative stuff. I've heard it from Tanner's point of view before, but I would like to hear from your side. Let's talk about the origin. Take me yeah, through the morbid mind story, like when Tanner and John and Soul Serum hit you up to do it. Like, just I want to okay. hear it from your perspective because I've heard it so, from the other side. With morbid mind, first things first is I got home from work that one one day, and I sat down with my guitar. I had never written a song on the guitar before. I had been playing for years, but I'd never written a song on the guitar. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and I started strumming and I woke up 25 minutes later and the song was here. That's so crazy. Another one. It was a, lot a divine. Don't, a lot of people don't know like you weren't making like music I would, on dude, the guitar. I was making straight trap music. Yeah, like you, you were like a I mean? SoundCloud rapper. The first song I ever saw was the one where you're in the uh, the smoke shop. Like, Yeah, uh, bro, retail. Yes. I yeah, was yeah, making yeah. straight trap music because yeah. that's the life that I was living. I was selling drugs. Right. I was working in a restaurant and I was just trying to make money and yeah. like do my thing. But like to step away from this for a little bit, like that's the first time that I would be connected is when I would get really fucking high and I would wake up the next day with six songs on my computer because I got high enough to like talk to whatever power. And like over time I got good enough to do that sober. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. But more of a mind, I wrote that one day, had no recollection of it, sat on it for a few months, put the song out. Didn't know, I didn't know how to market. I wasn't on TikTok. I was mm -hmm. just posting on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and it was my most successful song even then had like 2000 plays. And, um, one day I get a message from this guy, John Buchanan, 
he says, hey, I'm, I'm with Soul Serum. Um, I saw your song, Morbid Mind. I really want to do a music video for it, like get in contact with me. And um, I knew who Soul Serum was. So mm -hmm. immediately I messaged back. I'm like, yo, I'd love to, but like, I don't have any money. Like I'm broke as shit, you know? And they're like free of charge, dude. Like we just want to work with artists that we fuck with. And um, the next thing I say is, I don't have an idea for the music video. Um, so I didn't think that I was going to do a music video for it. Like, if you want to do this video, like I'm down, but I'm telling you, and if I don't like it, I'm not going to put it out. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, John. Um, Fair enough. Fair and I went enough. to their house. The expecting purple house? To, yeah, the purple house. Purple house, dude. Expecting to like just meet some dudes that just like want to throw together a music video. Cause I'd been working with like, trap music video directors who yeah. just like they're like all right we'll do a shot here and do a shot here yeah and this man john pulls up a google maps coordinate <laughs> of where he wants to shoot the music video and i immediately <laughs> knew i was like oh this is somebody who works like i do you know yeah they work with intention intention they don't yes. just throw some shit together mm -hmm. they do shit very intentionally yeah um and my energy like immediately changed. I was like, I was like, okay, like you're locked in. What do I need to do? You know, um, I went to the thrift store and got an outfit that I thought like characterized the song. Well, like we did what fit. Yeah. And, um, you know, we drove out 40 minutes or an hour or some shit to some road and we shot the music video for, I think it was like two hours it took. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like that. You know, did any and cars even pass by you? All? Yeah, cars yeah. were passing right. by me. Bro, you remember when that one dude that uh, he's, dude. his like cousin yes. or something? No, we said were like shooting the land. in front of this farm, right? Yeah, and like his <laughs> cut, like we were gonna like set my guitar on fire, and we like smashed my guitar because at the end of the music video I set it on fire. Yeah, we smashed my guitar, and I'm pouring lighter fluid on it, and this guy pulls up and he's like, "Yo." My cousin Chris lives at this farm and he's Chris. fucking crazy. <laughs> That's literally he what he like, said. He was like, That's you don't want to do that said. here. <laughs> and, we, and he drove off. And he and drove away. Anyway. And I was like, let's do this shit quick. <laughs> Set the guitar on fire. I don't want Chris to come out here you and know, see it, pour man. Some, pour some water bottles on it. Put the ashes in the trunk. Like, put the burnt guitar in the trunk of Jimmy's car and drove off. Looking back on it, that was such a bad idea. Like... But it was so like, sick. It was so sick. <laughs> but lighting a guitar video, in the middle of dude, a field in the summer. You guys paid some dude to to like to react to the music video, and he watches the music video and he gets. Oh to the no, credits. we we didn't pay, bro. Oh, for real? Yeah, he just found it. I know. That's I know fire. who you're talking about, though. He watches the music video and he's like, he's like, that was cool. And then he gets to the end of the video and goes, yo, did this dude just set his fucking guitar on fire? That's <laughs> rad. <laughs> oh, wait, no, 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 no. Patrick CC, I think yeah, you're Patrick about. CC. We did pay him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That shit was, I was like, mission accomplished. <laughs> like, so you know, funny. That's, that's one of the best bad. fucking ending scenes of a music video that, I've, that we've ever done. Like, that shit is so rad. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, dude, we put out the music video, like, as soon as it's done, edited. And I remember, like, you know, my sister watched it and she was like, you look like a star in this, you know? Like, something clicked with that music video. Yeah. Something was very different. It many, was many hairstyles ago. Too, yeah, many hairstyles ago. I had this blonde hair. I had just started getting covered in tattoos. Like I yeah. was like, bro, the I was overalls getting, and the Doc Martens. Literally, I was getting a tattoo and the every week. You know, like I was trying to like make a certain look. Um, it was a it was a combination of things: the look, the new sound of the song. I think mm -hmm. it was pretty different for what people were putting out at the time. Yeah, and the way the music video looked was so striking. Mm -hmm. Those are all great things, but like the song itself. Like, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot of stuff going on there that was going that was going good for that song. Yeah. Um, and it was packaged purpose purposefully and like, and very well. And I think like, you know, the reason that I put so much emphasis on the image and what surrounded it is because the song was out for two or three months before, yeah. before the video came out. Yeah. And we put some ads behind the video Yeah, and it started performing well immediately. It was doing really good. It was doing really good. And I remember we did it for thinking, like two weeks. Wow. Like I think, you know, this might actually be something. Yeah. And then one day, this dude from, I started having labels hitting me up and shit. Yeah. And one day, this random motherfucker from United Talent Agency <laughs> reaches out to me. His name is Sam Katz. And we get on a call and he says, are you posting on TikTok? And I said, fuck no. And he said, you should post You're on like, TikTok. You're like, that shit's lame, dude. Literally. He was like, you that. should post on TikTok. And I was like, all right. So very lazily, 
I took a I took a vertical clip of the music video <laughs> um, that John cut for me. And I remember I had multiple people tell me that's not the kind of video that Bro. works on TikTok. You shouldn't post it like that. And then I post the video and the next day I woke up and it has like 200,000 views and I got 6,000 followers on TikTok in a night. And, um, you know, now I see a million music videos cut vertical on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. that's very common format now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. And, and I'm not like trying to claim anything, over it. but I didn't, I was on TikTok for years before that studying it so that I could see what people were doing that was working because uh -huh. I knew there was something in it. Yeah. But I'd never seen somebody post a vertical music video. We did that and that shit fucking worked. And like, it's been history ever since. Dude. Yeah. So crazy. And that Insane. was like, that was low key, like not early TikTok, but like it was kind of oh, early. It was very early. It, and as like, far as artists rising on TikTok. It was yeah, very yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So like, it was just like perfect timing. And yeah. like, it was 2020. So like, you know, not that you were on, not that you were on like the MGK pop punk sound, but like there's similar elements of what oh, yeah. that was yeah. at that time. No, I thought you sure. brought something t of a, like a totally different a variation new layer to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And kids on that, on that platform, obviously resonated. Yeah. And I think it. people were searching for, for something different. Mm -hmm. It had been a long time of emo rap and pop punk was just finally making a resurgence. Yeah. And there wasn't anybody putting out acoustic music. Right. Um, and I found my lane like that day when I posted on TikTok. I yeah. was like, this is who I am. Like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. So crazy. That's, a, that's And a, it feels right. Like for the longest time I had made music that didn't necessarily feel like, felt like good to make, but right. it didn't feel like my identity was so intertwined in this. For sure. But I like when I say I'm the man with the guitar, like that instrument is so seriously a part of my identity and yeah. it makes so much sense for me to play the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love I liked hearing that from from your side of the story. And also, like the thought of you pulling up to the soul serum house and John just has a, a GPS coordinate. You're like, what's up, guys? Hey, dude, we John, up and John's, we like, I just know John's like, we're we're going here. We rolled like, like three okay, backwards right, and cool. sat in their living room and just like smoked <laughs> down. Like, yeah. Bro, I, I literally night. remember that day, bro. Like when I you, you and Chica like were in our, in our living room, like we planned out the music video and then we were like, looking at all your different merch items, like ashtrays and yeah, fucking random yeah. shit that you like soul serum shit. I was like, man, these people, I remember I walked away. I was like, they're so legit. Like they have brand identity. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They know what they want. I was like, that is the type of shit that I want to surround myself with. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, things to surround yourself with. Or, or, first of all, you're doing really great with your media training because this is another great segue into a question here. You said uh, in that answer that a man by the name of Sam Katz uh, contacted yeah. you. Um, and as I was prepping for the interview, obviously I read the Cincinnati Inquirer uh, article that was just released. Amazing article. And something, yeah, shout out, uh, I hope I don't pronounce her name wrong. Is it Bebe? Bebe. Bebe. Bebe Hodges. Shout Honestly, out Bebe Hodges. that's the most legendary reporter name of all time. I know, I was like, I was like doing research. I was like, right. who wrote this? I was like, that's a hard name. Damn, that's, like, that's a journalist <laughs> name. Like, right don't there. tell me you were not made to be a journalist. <laughs> she have like the little journalist like hat and like a She's notepad. She's like, I'm Bibi Hodges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <On> the case. <laughs> no. That's so funny. Um, but something that stood out to me in that was uh, you. It says that you, your manager Sam, and uh, your lawyer basically quote wrote your own deal with Columbia. Yeah. Um, what What exactly does that mean? And like, why Why were you in such a special position to to do so? Um. So, I wrote my own deal with Columbia. In a sense, yes, it was very strange. We had gotten a couple um, offers. None of them were quite what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with Ron Perry, who's the CEO of Columbia. He's a great guy. He's still, I mean, we're in contact all the time. Obviously, yeah. I, he's the one that signed me at Columbia. Shout out, Ron. Shout out, Ron, Ron <laughs> if you're watching this, man. <laughs> thanks um, for watching the podcast, Ron. Thanks for watching <laughs> And, um, you know, we had had a couple phone calls, like one-on-one -on -one phone calls, as well as like phone calls with the whole team. Mm -hmm. Columbia just seemed like they had their shit together. Um, I really liked that there was like interest from the top to the bottom. I mm -hmm. thought that was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sam kept saying, it's not really about the name of the company. It's about the people in the room. And um, the people Facts. in the room there were the right people for me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is where I want to be. Um, I like this. Yeah. And 
if memory serves me correctly, we had Josh, my lawyer, send them the terms, like how we wanted our deal to look. And they sent back basically a contract that was like identical to what the terms that we wanted. A couple tweaks were made, sure. obviously, to yeah. try to make it more in their favor. And, yeah. you know, we go back and forth maybe five times and sign it. It was right, you know, and it's an, like it's an incredible. I'm extremely blessed. Yeah. So writing the situation that I'm in. So being able to like write your own deal, essentially for like artists watching, like you, you had leverage, you know, yeah. like going into the deal. Like, yeah. And it I wasn't, think a lot of people try to villainize record labels. You yeah, know? they do. And obviously there are situations where record labels do take advantage of artists. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but if you put yourself in the right situation and you make sure that you're not signing with people that you don't trust, I got yeah. to know the people that I was signing with. Um, and you know, Sam and I sat down the night that we were going to sign and we read all 60 pages of my contract, very detailed, made a sure that there was novel. nothing in there that I didn't like. Um, and, you know, me and my lawyer know each other very well. He, um, he's a great lawyer. He's incredible. And I'd like, if you put yourself in the right position and you're nice to the right people and you form the right relationships you know, a record label can be a very, very valuable asset, you mm -hmm, know, yeah. and that's what they are. And not even that, like they can be an extremely good and helpful team. And that's what they yeah. are to me. I love my label. I love working with them. I'm very close with everybody that I work with. Um, and I'm very grateful every single day to be at Columbia. And like, this isn't like gun to my head right now. No, you know yeah. I mean? You're reading a cue card over, yeah, over, like here, over here from Columbia. Yeah, no, like yeah. I truly do. Like, you know, they're at the show. They come to the green room afterwards. I give them a huge hug. Yeah. Like, you know, I a see special. Ron, I dap him up. Like, that's my boy. You know what I mean? He calls me. He's like, what's up, man? Like, we're talking about what I want to fucking do with my career mm -hmm. and how I want this shit to look. Yeah. And we have identical visions for how we want it to look. And I have an incredible deal. I own my touring, I own my merch. It's not like a 360 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm in a very, very, I'm extremely lucky to be in the situation that I'm in. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. Because like you said, a lot of people villainize record labels and a lot of like, well, a lot of wild things do come out of yeah. record labels. Crazy shit happens, poorly. But more the negative shit spreads faster than like the positive. Oh, positive for any, for any, you know what I mean? You know, labels aren't so for common everyone. for somebody like people love to harp on the success story or on the, on the negative stories. Mm -hmm. And then when somebody's successful at a label, they call them an industry plan. And it's like, <laughs> yo, an industry plan is just a perfect example of a label doing their job. Man. Is it not? You know what I mean? Like that's just when the you label are is correct. successful. Yeah, it's 100% correct. And I'll tell you from somebody who's signed to one of the biggest labels in the world that like, that's how it is. Yeah. You know? Has anyone called you a plant? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's low key a good thing, is it not? It's, it's like, great. I'm like, yeah. When we dropped mixed emotions, dude, it was fucking everywhere, and I'm like, what? You guys are ridiculous. I've been it in the basement. Be, it might be because insulation <laughs> making music for years. You know, yeah. I worked for this. Yeah, like, yeah. It's probably absolutely. only because like when more Morbid Mind started going up, like you and Sam took all the songs down. Yeah, exactly. And then came out with one project, but like kids and the project kids don't did know amazing. Better, you know what yeah. I mean? For a debut project, for an artist my size, that project yeah. did incredibly. And like people want to see the success of something, and they see a label attached to it, and they immediately assume. But you know, yeah. When you assume things, have you ever heard this thing? You make an ass out of you and me. Yes, sir. Damn, that's yes, a good one. Sir. Uh, I, the first time I ever saw that or like had an interaction with that was, uh, Jack Harlow. Cause I, I went to high school with Jack and like, I remember when he first started popping off everybody in the comments, industry, industry plant, plant. where's this dude coming plant. from industry plant, industry plant. And I'm just like, well, this is the first time where I can like, really, I know like literally that's just have not ever seen somebody so blow up. up. Like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like this shit's happened. common now. We have the internet. Shout like out shit. to the internet. Yeah, dude. Shout out to crazy. vertical videos on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Um, Tanner, do you want to go? I, I know you have some questions yeah. in here. I don't want to I don't 40. want to step on uh, like yeah. this is more like a like a Cincinnati like local type of question though. Yeah. You, you came from the area, bro. Like, you know, Cincinnati isn't exactly like, you know, a market for like, you know, not even touring, but just like record labels in general. Mm-hmm. From my opinion, you could tell me if I'm wrong. You're more. It's definitely in it. not. Like they're not really looking like this way as far as like talent and everything goes, bro. Like, but like you, 
like correct me if I'm wrong again, but like you gotta have like you gotta be like one of the biggest artists to come out of the area and also like have one of the best like deals in biggest deals, quote unquote. You know what I mean? In recent memory of mine, I can't even think of like I, I would say I don't know like artists like deals and stuff like I know like Walk the Moon came from Cincinnati. That's, that's you know exactly what I, mean? what I was gonna say. Yeah, they don't like, step on anybody's toes. No, yeah, you exactly. Know, but but like, like you definitely are, bro. Like, like have you ever thought about like you know what that kind of means to you as far as like coming from where you came from, that basement that you talked about in that yeah. that, uh, that Enquirer interview. You know, I I've been in Cincinnati my whole life yeah. since first grade. We moved out here, and um. I have an extreme affection for the city now, but when I first blew up and when I first moved out to DC to be with Chala, mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way about the city for a few reasons. Cause I felt like I've been grinding in this city for five years, mm -hmm. doing shows every week, putting out music every month, at least mm -hmm. putting my whole fucking heart into this shit. And I haven't felt any like love from the city personally. Um, and just because for reason number two is because I had such a tough time in the city. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was a failing student in school. I didn't have any friends at school. Um, I was like, I was very unpopular and like the friends that I did have, like I wasn't that close with. I only, i only talked to a few people from my high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I got in trouble all the time in high school. And then when I got out of high school, I dealt with addiction and I dealt with alcoholism on the streets of Cincinnati um, downtown Cincinnati, Clifton area. Um, I went through a very rough time and, um, you know, when I left, I wasn't like in the place to like, be like, I love my city. Yeah, you no, know what I for mean? sure. Now I'm in the program and I'm working on myself and I, I can say that I have like a new love for this city. And, you know, the way that I'm like trying to express that is by first ending the tour in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, I'll always show love to the city and try to like put on my best show yeah. in Cincinnati. And the second way is by like hosting the canned food drive that we're doing after the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to give back to the community, trying to give back to people um, that aren't going to have anything to eat on Thanksgiving, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have, um, I have an extreme fondness for the city now, but when I yeah. first started popping off, I did not feel that way. Yeah. I felt a lot of like a lot of resentment towards the city. Yeah. You didn't have any reason to feel the love. Yeah. You know, city. I used to hear Jack Harlow talk about Louisville and I like mm -hmm. he would step out the door and everybody would be like, what's up, man? Like, you know, everybody knew him even before he was famous. Yeah. Um, he talks about how he was popular in high school and how he had like he had a huge friend group. Yeah. That wasn't me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would play rooms of 10 people and these 10 people did not want to be there. You know, yeah. I would watch half of them walk out during the set. Yeah. I wasn't friends with anybody in high school. I got bullied pretty bad. Like for wearing the clothes that I would wear and for being the kid that was in theater and in marching band and wanted to yeah. play piano more than he wanted to sit in the cafeteria. So that's just my experience. Yeah. But now looking back, like I do have um, extreme love for this city and I love it here. Yeah. And I'm glad to be able to like finish out the tour here. And I'm glad Absolutely. to be able to say like I'm from the 513, even if there's people from here that don't necessarily feel that way. Mm hmm. I think you are in a position though now you have the power to like flip that, you know, those negative experiences into no. a positive and like doing the canned food drive, coming back and doing this last show here. Like you got the power yourself to make, you know, a really positive community. Exactly. You've and seen it people, on tour, but you can do it here too. You know, and for artists that like feel like I'm in Cincinnati and I can't come up out of here, like, you know, clearly you can. Exactly. There's a few artists that have come yeah. up out of here and made a living off this shit. So a like, lot of people look up to you, bro. Like, yeah. every, like every, everybody that. is looking, you know, I, I I know I don't speak just for us, but, but for a lot of artists around here, like everybody's watching you and like, I appreciate whether that. it's, whether they're outwardly showing love or it's like jealousy, yeah. it's all love at the end of the day. Like, yeah. like everybody, you know, you know, all artists would love to be in the, the position that you're in. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I definitely felt that after everything started happening. And it was funny when, like, I started blowing up. And oh, all these yeah. artists that I had been trying to reach out to for years and meet for years that I love so much back. started, like, DMing me. And I scroll up. And they're, like, and it's, like, a paragraph from me being, like, hey, man, like, I love what you do. Like, I'd love to, like, meet you or, like, hang out one day. Or, like, yeah. I'd love to get in the studio with you or, like, do that. And then, like, 
everything pops off and they're like, yo, dude, you want to collab? And I was like, this feels really like backhanded right now. Like it doesn't yeah, feel very great. You definitely. Know? Yeah, I think, but I think to like, I guess, I think all artists like kind of like deal with that. Like once you're blowing up, like people from your city, your that's, city that's that didn't what I was really, gonna say next that was like, like half in, like one foot in, one foot out with you. Yes. Like that just happens. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? like, and like, it's not something that I'm not going to expect. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm going to expect it to keep on happening. Cause like, hopefully I keep growing and I keep doing better. And like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a compliment. Like I take it in the best way possible. Yeah. Facts. Let's talk about the tour a little bit, man. Cause it's so we're recording this the day before the Cincinnati show right now. Um, and as you said, you want to put on your best perform performance for Cincinnati. Yes. Um, and I, Tanner, I am stealing your question. Go here. Ahead, it's, a good, it's a good question. But uh, it it seems like like the stars have been aligning on this tour and your community and your fan base is showing you so much love and and uh like the love that that they give you how how you engage with the music um are there any like fan favorite moments that come to mind from the tour so far you've done 17 like favorite shows? interactions as far as my interactions with fans or favorites as far as like just general like I what I, I think people are perceiving I think I was thinking more of uh, like a like with a fan interaction, but I I mean whatever I think the you coolest thing think is meeting kids, you know, mm, like young a, kids. We've like had a lot of kids. ten and, uh, and younger kids on in the in the rooms, really wearing a Jack Case T-shirt, so holding Fuck up a sign yeah. saying, "This is my very first concert." Fuck um, yeah. You know, that shit's awesome, real. Dude. First off, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you like, talk to the parents, you're like, is everything like, okay, is everything at, okay home? at home? Exactly, <laughs> you know? No, but in reality, like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Me, I, my, I remember my first few shows. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I was first a kid and feeling obsessed with an artist and, like, you know, to be able to have some kind of part in that for some kid, yeah. like, that's the coolest shit in That's the world, so dude. Dope, bro. They get to go and be like, "Oh, they're a real." And I, person I bring every single kid on stage that I can. Like, yeah. you know, we've had a few kids on stage at the shows, and I'll play them their favorite song, and like. It's oh, the coolest thing, you know, dude. That's awesome. It's the that coolest is so thing. Cool. And then I think a tie is like meeting all the people that have resonated with it. Mm -hmm. Um, all the people that are working on getting sober, like I am. Yeah. Um. That's the coolest shit in the world. You get, you probably get a lot of that at the shows, like afterwards, you people know, saying like, I'm an, "Hey, yeah. I'm going through this in your song." Literally, I'm an AA. Yeah, and um, you know, I've met a lot of people that are working on getting sober on this tour, and it's there's this thing called the fellowship in AA, mm -hmm. and it's all about service and community, and that's the best way to recover. Right. And you know, meeting these people, having conversations with them. Mm -hmm is the most rewarding, the most fulfilling, and the coolest thing that I'll ever get to do in my entire life. And, um, you know, there's this there's this book in AA, it's called The Big Book. And I used to think that's just what people called it. No, it's called but The it's, Big it Book. But it is literally called Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> the Damn. Big Book. Um, yeah. And I've had people bring their big book, big book to a show and have me sign it and write messages in them for it. That's, that's awesome. so sick. And, it, you know, I didn't, I wasn't promoting that I was in AA before this. Like, it was kind uh -huh. of like a download thing. So... Um, it's like through the grapevine people hear that I'm in the program right? and they come to the show and they're like, Hey man, like your music has helped me get sober. Can you sign my big book for me? Damn. And I swear to God, I cry. That's it's beautiful. the most beautiful thing. I get in the car afterwards and I just break down. Yeah. It's the coolest thing. And I swear that shit will keep me sober for years on end. Mm -hmm. Like that is the coolest thing in the world. It's crazy that, yeah. that that they say that that you saved them, but I'm sure it's just it's they right, right no back to you. Yeah, that's what I say every time. They're like, "Man, you saved me." I'm like, "You have no fucking clue, man." Like, yeah. I simply would not be here without this. Fuck, dude, that's 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 very touching, very moving to dude, hear. It's the coolest shit. Yeah, for real. Uh, Tanner, you, I want you to ask because we're we're. Yeah, we're winding we're, down. we're winding down here. We're nearing the end, but I like I like the very last question that you have on here. I want right. you to ask that. So, again, we're recording this a day before the sold out show. That sold out Jack's, show. Jack's homecoming. Cincinnati. It's gonna be at Top Cats. Um, we were talking before the podcast. Like you went from you know playing mock B shows with 10, 20, 30 yeah, people man. there, basically empty. Yeah. Um, you know, playing those types of shows. To now, I'm guessing 
it's like 350 cap, but like there's going to be over 400 people there with like everyone with every guest, guest list and included 400 plus people, bro. Like, um, it's a fire. And your iconic life. song, Morbid Mind. <laughs> the fire marshal listening to this right now. Fire marshal. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, how many people are going to be there? <laughs> but in your iconic song, Morbid Mind, that we all know and love and we all know the lyrics, I can't go back home till my name is known. <laughs> Do you think your name is finally known? Is it, um, has that, has that prophecy been manifested? Do you think, think at this point? You know, Tom the Mailman and I were talking about this. He was like, dude, we're freshmen. I was mm. like, you really think so? Like, I feel like I'm not That's even a, a great way to I look feel like I'm in eighth, seventh or eighth grade. <laughs> he was like, no, dude, you are a freshman. Like, you know, like 50,000 followers on IG, a couple million monthly listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'd call myself friends with Travis Barker, an That's idol crazy. of mine. Like, yeah. I like to think that my name is known. I, I'm living DC now, right? And I would say... One out of five times I leave my house, I get recognized. That's crazy. Not like leave my house. Your go fans to the probably know store. you I'm live saying there. Saying like go to like if I like go out on the town like on the uh -huh. strip. Yeah. One out of five times I go to Georgetown or Adams Morgan. Uh huh. I'm getting recognized, um, and that is absolutely insane to me. Yeah. Um. I like to think my name is known. I want it to be more known. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not because I want to be famous or I want to be rich, but because I want as many people to be able to hear this message and be able to hear what I went through and think, wow, that's what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Look at that guy. You know, I like to think that I've achieved that on some on some small level. Yeah. So I feel I feel good coming back home and doing a show here. I'm just like imagining tomorrow night when like I'm assuming more of mine is going to be like close to the end of your set. It's one of the last songs. Okay, yeah. yeah. But like hearing the whole crowd. In <laughs> it's the last Cincinnati, song before I leave stage and I crazy. do an encore. I can't, I can't wait. I can't even imagine hearing the crowd say, I can't go back yeah. home till my name is known. It's going like, to be the coolest here. thing, dude. Singing that song <laughs> is crazy every single night. I mean, every song they sing the words, like it's the coolest, the show is the coolest thing in the world. I'm so excited for you guys to see it. Like, I'm so hyped. Can't wait, man. I mean, we cry, we sway, we jump up and down, <laughs> and then we just scream, and then I tell everybody to make a pit and run at each other, and they fucking beat each other up. Like, it is the coolest thing in the world. I'm getting in the pit And then I play, night. like, acoustic music, like Morbid Mind in the middle of the end, and people are jumping up and down like it's a hip-hop track. You know, like, what, dude? Yeah. It's the coolest thing in the world, and I'm like, I'm so happy to be able to end an insane 18 shows, to be able to have the 18th one end in my hometown. Yeah. Sold out, like, on Short Vine. Fucking legend. Yeah, dude. On fucking so Short rad. Vine. Bro. Damn, I used short to frequent vine. Short Vine. Yeah. Dude. Rad. Yeah. All of us. Like, so sick, dude. And I'm just grateful. And, you know, thank you to you guys for, like, helping me set it up. Of course, and man. thanks to... Anybody watching that came to one of the shows and or is coming to the Cincinnati show, mm -hmm. cool shit in the world. Yeah, man, man. we're we're happy to have you home, bro. Like this has been a a long time coming. I'm happy it's to from, be here. from when we first started working to doing the first show together, bro. I'll tell you, it's gonna I, be a moment. I had to go to the bathroom really bad when I first drove into Cincinnati, like so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to Top Cats, and I'm running to the Dominoes across the street to go destroy their bathroom. <laughs> And not for the a Domino's bathroom. Second, I'm looking around like, damn, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay, we are about to end it, but I can't leave this interview without asking you a cooking question. Look, let's keep it quick. It's not. Let's not get too crazy here. I want to know what meal. I'm going to give you a situation. I want to know what meal you're going to cook. Just, just give me a rundown. It's a Saturday morning. You slept in a little bit. Not too late. Not too late. Mm -hmm. But you slept in a little bit. Um, you don't really have anything to do. You're going to take your time with your breakfast today. Okay. What is your meal? My meal. It's actually quite simple. Okay. It's Turkish menemen. Mm. Which is similar to a shakshuka. Have you heard of this dish? I don't mm -hmm. think so. Lay I'll it out for me. explain it to you. Please. Saute some onions. Love it already. And some red bell pepper. Mm -hmm. Or if you really want to go hard and go to a specialty grocery store, 
some shishito peppers. Okay. I do like shishito Finely diced. Okay. Little bit of tomato paste, right? Mm -hmm. And then take a tomato and on a cheese grater, grate the tomato Ooh. into a bowl. Make a little pom puree. Uh -huh. Not a pom puree. That's potato puree. Yeah, that's... Tomato puree. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that sounds... Yeah, I'm with you. In the pan with the pepper, the onion, and the... And the um, so you got tomato paste and tomato, tomato paste. puree. The tomatoes in America aren't flavorful enough to make this dish on their own. <sighs> and turkey, you can do it with just the tomatoes. Yeah. But here they're too watery, so you have to have the tomato paste for the extra cake. Mm. All right. Okay. A little bit of water. Okay. Um, also, you should be sauteing your onions and peppers in a, in a very healthy amount of olive oil. Oh, yeah. A little bit of salt. Um, nice fresh crack of pepper. Mm -hmm. And then let your tomato sauce cook. You know, so it's like it could coat the back of a spoon. Yeah. And then take some eggs, crack them into the tomato sauce, mm. scramble it up. Mm. It makes a nice bright orange scramble, right? Then you take some sourdough bread, <laughs> throw it in the toaster. Right out the pan, you, f you, you crack some feta cheese over this. Oh. You take Ooh. your bread, dip it right in the pan. Yeah. Get a nice heaping amount of that shikshuka, that menamen on your bread, yes. crunch into that hoe. Oh. And then when the pan's all done, you want to know what you do? You smear the bread in yeah. the nice infused olive oil at oh the bottom God. of the Yeah. And a nice espresso macchiato. Ooh, and the espresso to top it off, With oat too. Milk. Oat milk. Do you, do you, He's an oat milk guy. Are you a splash of oat milk or are you, uh, you, wait, so wait, you said you're making a macchiato? Espresso macchiato, so... 50%. Yeah, you got to lay that out to me too. Yeah, I have an espresso at home. So you Hell get yeah. you get a cup that's like a little bit bigger than your shot. So your shot's going to fill at 50%. Mm -hmm. And then you get a nice good foam going with your oat milk. Mm -hmm. And then you pour in the you pour in the foam and at the bottom of the foam machine there'll be a little bit of regular milk and that milk will be the milk for the espresso. <laughs> and it'll be the most incredible macchiato you've ever had in your life. <laughs> that sounds fucking incredible. You you know this guy made it. He has an espresso machine at his house, bro. bro actually, like my girlfriend's parents gifted it to us when they moved, oh, so it was damn. totally free, and I also had it in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Long before the record deal. Oh, man, well, that was that was a very fun time. I hope your man. mouth is watering. I'm, no, dude, I'm I. Well, you were like saute onions. I'm like I'm with you. Bell peppers. I'm like, oh yes, this is exactly what the fuck I'm talking about here, man. I love all of that, uh, like Eastern European kind oh, of incredible. like like Balkan, yeah. you know, area. Like mixing Mediterranean with a little bit of European cuisine is like yeah. Turkish cuisine is my favorite food. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best. You all went over there uh, last year. Yeah, I've you been a Chala few times now. Yeah. We were there um, for like three weeks in the summer. Yeah, Chala's parents have like a little house out there that they spend their summers at. You just eating fucking just good eat tomatoes good. that a grandmother has grown. Literally, she's grown them for fucking sixty years, selling them at the market. It's in the farmers market every week. <sighs> They're like, buy our tomatoes straight from our tree to your table. It's the best. That sounds and incredible. they're like, we're windsurfing. Eating good food, petting the street cats. It's incredible. Hella street cats over in Turkey, yeah, right? I actually, one day I plan to move out there and, and cut myself off and live in Turkey, but we're not there yet. Not there yet. <laughs> we got a few not more years yet. of touring and a couple more albums to drop, but we'll get there. And a couple more podcasts interviews. Yeah, and a couple more too. Soul Seer podcasts. More podcasts yes, sir. You guys can come to Turkey and I'll, and, and I'll host the Soul Seer oh, podcast. I would love to. Oh, now we're sick. talking. Now we're talking. Hell yeah. Well, thank you everybody who has listened to this interview. It's been a long time coming uh is there anything else that you want to say before before we get out of here i just want to say thank you guys for having me thank you this is an incredible full circle moment yes yeah. sir and i'm grateful for every single person that is working at soul serum and i'm grateful to have some sort of small part in the history of soul serum it's it's rather large. You're humbling. You're very humbling, <laughs> but it's rather large. Have you guys seen the shows that you put on? Like, come on. I'm a blimp in the massive <laughs> history that Soul Serum is. Like, I'm so lucky to be a part of this. And hey, it's just so cool to be here. It's tonight. all led us to this show tomorrow night, bro. Yeah. Can't fucking, fucking wait. For real. For real. Thank you guys for having me for real. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Soul Serum, you already know the vibes. Subscribe to us on the main page, on the TV page, on YouTube, TikTok, Discord, 
Twitch streams coming back every Wednesday. Man, fucking Google us, okay? Google us. We got a lot of things going on. As always, I am your host, Clay Bonin. Co-host, Tanner Mavis. And I am Jack Case. And we'll see y'all next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Deuces.